Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thanks so much for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, we're talking about a listen request topic, that it's about what does life look like? What does marriage look like once the kids are born? Now, we can do and should do a whole podcast, what do we do once the kids are out, when the, em- when the nest is empty, but this is when the nest starts filling up. And unfortunately, there are couples that do not have any conversation about this until the second or third kid arrive, and already there is disconnect and there is fracture that's happened and you've never navigated it. Now, I I celebrate that that conversation is actually happening, but nevertheless, you could have that much earlier. This topic actually brought to my mind the idea of marching band. I was in marching band in middle school and early high school, and as we would march, I was a trumpet player, and we did not play our instruments the entire time with the exception of one instrument, and it was the drums. Because when we weren't playing a song, the drums would play a cadence, and we would march to that cadence. And every school kind of has their own cadence that they march to. And all of a sudden, the cadence would shift. I would hear the shift knowing that it was shifting us into a song, but we always followed the cadence. I want you to understand that in marriage, when the kids arrive, you have to discover a new cadence in life. So all of the elements of a great marriage, they don't change, but they do have to evolve. I want to repeat that. All the elements of a great marriage don't change, but they do have to evolve. So I'm going to help you do that today. I'm going to give you four specific points that I want you to write down and have a talk with your spouse about. So here's number one, awareness. You have to have awareness. Awareness of what? Here's an example. An awareness of your love languages. Have they changed? Have they changed? Have they shifted? You know, uh, my wife and I, physical touch was number one in our love languages. And when our daughter was born, Anne no longer wanted to be touched as often as she wanted to be touched before. Why? Because that need was being met by the infant who needed to be held, needed to be fed. My wife was touched all day. And so all of a sudden, she went from needing to be touched to needing quality time. That rose to the top. And sometimes we don't have awareness that something has shifted in the love languages and we find couples that are frustrated at each other because they're trying to meet the needs the same way they met the needs prior to the, to the, the child arriving or the children coming on the scene. You have to look and recognize Something may have changed in our love languages, and we have to have that talk, and we have to get into that shift. You have to ask about, you know, what does the flow of the week look like? What does the flow of a day look like? Both of you having awareness of when the child goes down, when the child wakes up, uh, when the child has to be fed. You have to get into the ebbs and flow of the week so that you're not just running around like, you know, your, your pants are on fire. And, and you're, you're just running everywhere trying to put out the flames. Sometimes having kids can feel that way. But you're getting into a place where you're, you're trying to figure out what does the ebbs and flow look like? Why? So that you can make sure that things are getting done in the house, things are getting done in the relationship, that you're still taking steps forward in your marriage. And you have to ask things like, you know, what's happening right now that wasn't happening prior to the kids being born? What was happening that isn't happening now. Things like communication, time together, leisure activities, alone time, couple time, friend time, family time. Um, has a relationship role sh- shifted where there are certain responsibilities that you did prior to the child that you're not doing that somebody else has to do? What about your sexuality? All of these things are important. And so you have to get awareness of what's happening, what's not happening, what's changed, what hasn't changed. And that leads me toward number two. 
because you move from number one, awareness, to number two, purposeful connection. That means you have to be both intentional about connecting as well as being willing to schedule the connection times. And I'm talking about looking at your marriage and recognizing what needs to take place and being intentional about making those things happen. And sometimes intentionality looks like scheduling. And then that may not feel romantic for some of you that like to be sporadic, whether it's with dates or your sexuality or with communication. You just, you love spontaneity. But when it comes to a child, a lot of times spontaneity is not even an option. So you have to be intentional about scheduling all of those times out. And that may not seem romantic to you, but it actually may be calming to your spouse. Because your spouse wants a healthy marriage, you want the healthy marriage, and I'm here to say you cannot put your marriage on hold for the sake of the children. That is not an option. This is why we see divorce hit couples somewhere around the 25-year mark, give or take a few years, because once the two or three kids are out of the house, you now have two strangers that are existing in that home that don't know each other because they put their relationship and their marriage on hold for the entirety of the kids' rearing. You need to, your kids need you to make your marriage a priority over them. And it doesn't mean that you sacrifice a kid for the sake of the marriage. I'm not saying you're sacrificing your child, but your child needs to see you put your marriage first. And they're going to see that and they're going to grow from that. They're going to model that and you're going to help set them up for one day a, a great, healthy marriage for themselves. And then happens when you get into awareness and you go into purposeful connection and then you step into the third phase, which is adaption. Now, adaption is a big deal. And when I think of adaption, I think of something that my pastor told me a long time ago. He said this, methods are many, principles are few, methods may change, principles never do. I want to repeat that because it's, it's much deeper than we give it credit for. Methods are many, principles are few, methods may change, principles never do. You have to ask yourself, what are the principles of a healthy marriage? And recognize the principle doesn't change. They're necessary, but the methods of how and even when those things happen, that does have to change. Where you used to go for walks on Sunday evenings to get connected about your week. That's why Ann and I, we love going on walks and we just connect about the week. And then maybe you meet, used to meet midweek and go for a walk and talk about the weekend and you celebrate what's happened during the week. Now that a baby has shown up, you can't do that like you used to. Like the method changes, the principle of communication can't. And so you have to get into adaption. It may not look how it used to look, but you can still meet the need. And it leads me toward number four, the fourth phase, trial and error. You have to know that the evolution does not stop until they leave the house. You're going to have trial and error and you're going to be working on stuff. And for some seasons, you're going to be, you're just going to be going sailing well. It's just going to be smooth sailing for a year or two. But all of a sudden, a season shifts, the child's age shifts, and all of a sudden, you're realizing you can't use that method any longer, and so you have to keep evolving. And I know some couples, they get frustrated. Hey, we tried this and we failed, and my celebration is this, but you tried. And I would rather you keep trying and failing rather than failing to try. I hope that makes sense. I'd rather you keep trying to keep working on something and you keep hitting your head, and, but you, you nevertheless keep trying rather than you just fail to try anymore. You just stop trying. 
you got to get to the place where you just keep going after it. Because Why? Because when you're trying and you continue to attempt, you're actually feeding hope. You're feeding hope. When hope doesn't exist, it's usually when one or the other person just says, we're just going to stop trying. You have to keep moving. You have to p- keep pushing forward. How? Number one, awareness. That leads to purposeful connection, to adaption, to trial and error. And it almost becomes like a bit of a cycle because as you're doing trial and error, you start developing awareness. Okay, how is it going? What's taking place? Okay, let's make sure that feeds into purposeful connection, which feeds into adaption, which feeds right back into trial and error. And you keep this thing going. How long? Till death do us part. This is called marriage. Marriage takes work, but when you've got two people trying, two people trying to connect, you're going to have good moments and you're going to have tough moments. But if you keep doing this together, this is how your marriage grows stronger and it lasts beyond the kids and it becomes a type of marriage that your kids will look and will honor and will want to model someday for themselves. That's all I've got for you today. If you're brand new parents, be of good cheer. You can do this. I believe in you, and I believe the Lord can help you through this. And for those of you that are parents and have been parents for a while, you know what I'm talking about. Keep the awareness. Keep the purposeful connection. Don't stop adapting. And trial and error, it's just a part of what we do, but we just keep on trying. Love you all. Have a great week. God bless.